horrific day that these followers of Jesus had ever lived through. To see the Son of God brutally beaten, killed, his life just taken from him, squeezed out of him. To see the hate, the disrespect, the brutality unleashed against the one that they had grown to love. To see their hopes dashed. They had thought he was the one who was finally come to redeem Israel. And so today we talk a lot about trauma. But just imagine the trauma that they went through, that deep, pain-stricken grief. And now here comes Mary Magdalene with even more bad news. Someone has taken his body. So Peter and John run to the tomb. There's no body. The linens are there. And in fact, they're there in a very special way. I mean, if you're going to take the body out, someone's going to grab the body and take it out. First of all, they wouldn't take the linens off, would they? Most likely. They just grab the body and kick it out as it is. And if somebody's maybe searching for jewelry or something that could have happened, they wouldn't have left that in an orderly fashion like they found it. So it didn't make sense. But the passage says that John, the apostle, was Peter and John, John saw and believed. In the Gospel of Luke, it says that Peter left the tomb wondering what in the world is going on. So, you know, John may have had a spark of hope, but they still had a lot of questions that were unanswered. They were still very confused. What's going on here? How can we find it like this? But do you know what Jesus faulted them for after he reconnected with them? He faulted them not for being sad and downcast about the beatings and all of that. He faulted them for being slow to believe the scriptures. He said that a number of times as he was being with them during the 40 days. And those walking to, on the road to Emmaus, how foolish you are not to believe the scriptures. And many times, or several times at least, he told them he would be taken and killed. But he would rise on the third day. But none of that was in their minds after this. Because they weren't really tying themselves tightly to the scriptures. And they lost hope. And that's a big lesson for us, isn't it? Even in times of great loss or sadness or betrayal or being mistreated, and when it looks as though evil has won the war, even in those dark, dark times that we may have to go through, we have to trust in the Word of God. We may not have to trust in every preacher that tells us something, but we have to trust in the Word of God. God's word will eventually be proven true. Now, let's sing another song in celebration of our Savior's rising from the dead. After Peter and John leave the tomb... Mary Magdalene stands outside the tomb weeping.
She looks inside, sees two angels. They ask her, why are you crying? She tells them someone has taken her Lord away. Then she turns and she sees someone standing near. She thinks it's the gardener. And so she's standing there a little bit baffled until she hears her name, Mary. And she cries out, Rabboni, teacher. And Jesus tells her, don't hold on to me, but tell my brothers I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. He's basically telling Mary, hey, the victory has been won. And now we have a mission to carry out. The victory doesn't end here. It keeps going until we tell other people about the great news. And so Mary takes the news to the disciples. And that night, the disciples were behind locked doors. Jesus suddenly appears to them and says, Peace be with you. It doesn't mean that everybody was going to be nice to them now, does it? But now they can have that peace no matter what happens to them because Jesus has opened the doors to eternal life. He shows them his hands and his side. His disciples are just overjoyed because he's back, he's alive. He tells them to take the message to everyone. The message of forgiveness. And now we come to an extremely important part of John's gospel. An important part of our Easter story. It can be one of the most encouraging parts. I want you to listen as verses 24 and 29 through 29 are read again. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I believe this account of Thomas's unbelief is so valuable for the church and for the Christian faith as a whole. Just think of how this incident came about. You know, only one disciple was missing, was absent, when Jesus appeared to the disciples. When he appeared to them in that room. It had to be Thomas, didn't it? the one who would require extra proof in order to believe anything. Maybe the one least likely to believe. I mean, here you have the disciples of Jesus. 
You have the, the ten disciples of Jesus, and you had other people also. We don't know how many other people. And they're in this room, and they said, we saw him. All of them saw him, and he had been with these people for years now, following Jesus. And they'd experienced so many things together. You know, the miracles, the stories, the teachings, the, the battle with the Pharisees, that so many things they went through. But when they tell Thomas that they saw Jesus alive, I don't believe it. And they're all saying it together. How could, you know, 10 plus people be wrong? And, you know, I, I don't really think so much that it was a matter of mistrusting his friends. I'm guessing, you know, what they had been through with the horrible beatings and the torturous death that Jesus, they had to watch him go through. And then the death on the cross where his life is just, you know, squeezed out of him. And then you add to that Thomas's personality. I'm guessing that Thomas <clears throat> was just one of those who required abundant proof before he believed anything. And you put that all together... And you have someone maybe who is the epitome of, I'll believe it when I see it, no matter who tells me. And I believe that in God's providence, he sent Jesus after the resurrection to the disciples when Thomas wasn't there for the sake of many others who would come later. Because, well, I don't know, it reminds me of that commercial a long, long time ago where the kids were given this new cereal, and they're looking at it like, yeah. They go, oh, let's give it to Timmy. He doesn't like anything. And he eats it, and he likes it. And they say, Timmy likes it. <laughs> Mikey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you. For the sake of those who demand more proof than any average person, I think that's why God had Thomas not be there or gave it to him when Thomas wasn't there. For the sake of the average person who may have difficulty accepting the truth of the gospel message of the resurrection of Christ, you can take them to this passage of Thomas, the one who wouldn't believe it when everybody there said it was true, and how he submitted himself and he bowed down to the Lord. But you know, here's the bottom line when we're talking about the Christian faith and the resurrection. It's trust the scriptures. You know, many, many things in the Bible looked like they couldn't come true. And many things in the Bible people often doubt today. But Jesus' message is, Trust the scriptures. And all through, even when Jesus was in the garden, he was saying, this is the way the scriptures are said it to be. This is the way the scriptures have said it. Trust the scriptures. We've seen so many of them come true. And we know that nothing is impossible with God. And when something is said in the Bible that looks like there's no way it could happen because the world is so shaped differently and everything, God can change all that. He created the whole universe, speaking it into existence. And he wants us to trust him. And he gave his own son to die in our place 
so we could live with him in his forever kingdom. He's building a kingdom that will last forever. And we're going to inherit the new earth. The humble will inherit the earth. And he raised his son back to life. And it's the only way that we could go through a resurrection after we die. Is through because Christ opened that pathway for us. So, let's don't be doubting Thomas's. <clears throat> let's accept God's offer of eternal life. Let's accept the, the witness of the scriptures. And let's be true children of God. Ones that follow him no matter what. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for all that we have in the scriptures that can build our faith so strong. Help us not to be weak in faith. Help us to be strong in faith. And help us to love you and appreciate you for all that you've done for us. And help us to appreciate the death of Jesus Christ, the holy and sinless one who paved our way to heaven through faith. We pray in Jesus' name. And now let me...